Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We are a non-denominational church located in McAuster, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not just something you go to, but it's a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until family is there, then that house becomes a home. So today, we want to say welcome home as we jump into today's service. Wise men say only fools rush in, but I can't help falling in love with you. My music, man, I was just getting in the groove. Morning, King's House. How we doing? Who's excited to be at church this morning? Who hates the time change? Oh, man. I'm all about falling backward. It's the spring forward that I'm not getting along with at all. Oh, my gosh. And what's embarrassing is that at the age of 38, how much of an effect one hour has on a human being? Like, I'm sad to say that. But, hey, before we dive in this morning, I want to give a huge congratulations to the McAllister girls basketball team on being state champs. Also, last weekend, uh, the Pittsburgh High School girls won their state championship, Class B. All sorts of winners here at the King's House. It's amazing. So, hey, we got a new series today. We're about to dive in. You're probably smart. If I was coming to this church as an attender, I would come at 11. Uh, I don't feel like I did very good at 9. So, Luckily, this is like, I worked all the kinks out, so you're going to get a good one this morning, King's House. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's pray before we jump in. God, I love you so much. God, I thank you for the opportunity, God, to speak your word, to be your mouthpiece. Lord, I believe that you want to communicate something to this body today, something that is going to touch and change and revolutionize their life. So, Holy Spirit, have your way in this, serp- in this service. Open our hearts, open our hearts, our minds, our ears to receive everything that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. Well, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but every person on planet earth, every born-again believer especially, has been given this invitation by Jesus personally, a personal invitation. Uh, Sometimes we we try to knock the edges off of it because it's not always the most comfortable. It's not always the most palatable of invitations. But you have an invitation from Jesus this morning. And he says, if you want to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow after me. I mean, that, that is the invitation that, that exists for every one of us in this room this morning. And, I mean, you, when you get that invitation, it's easy to say, like, Lord, well, where are we going? Where exactly is it that you want me to follow you? The rest of the invitation goes a little bit like this. Like, well, I can't tell you exactly where we're going. And I can't, I, I can't explain to you. You're just going to have to trust me. Here's what I can tell you is it's going to be really difficult, There's going to be hardships, there's going to be trials, there's going to be tribulations, Uh, 100% certainty there's going to be some suffering. You guys excited about this invitation yet? Yeah. Also, not a lot of people are going to be cheering you on. Jesus made it so clear in his invitation, the world is going to hate you. So yeah, who's ready to blindly trust and follow Jesus this morning? Yeah. 
When, when you get an invitation like that, I think the, the first question that comes to my mind is, why? Why would I say yes to that invitation? It's not that appealing. It's not all that tempting. Why, Pastor Mark, would you say yes to that invitation? The second question is, is Mark, why would you try to convince us to say yes to that invitation? Like, I've dedicated my life to helping you say yes to that invitation. So we're starting this new series today called I Can't Help Falling in Love. And I'm going to answer those questions for you over the next five weeks. Listen, there's a lot of reasons why I say yes to Jesus. There's a lot of reasons why I can't help falling in love. A lot of reasons why I choose to serve and follow this man named Jesus. I'm going to give you five of them the next few weeks. And uh, man, I I pray it it challenges you and and, and affects your life. Uh, I, I shared with you last week that uh, I grew up in an incredible Christian home, and I got the privilege to share some of the heritage that was passed down to me. Man, I, I was raised by on fire for Jesus parents. I'm not talking about just church-going Christians. My parents love Jesus. They follow Jesus. My grandparents love Jesus, follow Jesus passionately. My great-grandparents, I mean, that's the life that I grew up in. So at the age of four, I said yes to Jesus. I I vividly remember coming down the aisle to the altar at the age of four, and I asked Jesus into my heart. I remember crying. I remember being baptized. I know that's you're a little boy, but it was so real when I said yes to Jesus, and I did. I fell in love with Jesus. I grew up on on a little farm. We had about 400 acres with cows and horses and all that, and about that same time, my parents got me a little four wheeler. So I would just spend hours on this four-wheeler out in the pasture by myself, and let me tell you, I would pray, and I would cry, and I would sing, and I just, I I was earnestly seeking the Lord. It was about this time that Hillsong had released um, Shout to the Lord, one of the greatest worship songs ever written. I mean, this. so, man, I remember being, standing on my four-wheeler and swinging my arms, and I'm singing to the trees and to the cows, and we're all shouting to the Lord out there. I mean, uh, the the four-wheeler didn't have brakes. I crashed almost on the daily. Uh, One time I crashed full speed in the side of my mom's new car, and I can't begin to tell you how upset my dad was. So upset, actually, that he came running out of the house after hearing the crash in his tidy whities with a toilet plunger in his hand, and he's trying to yank the dent out of a car door with a toilet plunger. Uh, It didn't work. I wouldn't advise anyone trying that, okay? Cancel those plans for later today. But I did, I, earnest, I, I grew up just earnestly loving the Lord. And um, sometimes there's good people in our lives that have really good intentions, but sometimes those good intentions really turn into a mess. And I can say that's what happened in my Christian life uh, as I approached the teenage years. Uh, what started is something so real and genuine and pure, just a little boy trying to love Jesus and wanting what God has for his life. It turned into such a jumbled up mess as, again, people with good intentions, but man, it, it quit being about a relationship and it turned into rules and regulations and lists of things that you can do and legalisms and just, it, it turned into so much death in my life. And I, one of the reasons today I'm so adamantly against uh, legalism and religion and all the things that sucks life out of people's lives. And I'm a firm believer today that the reason most people don't wanna come to church is because most people have been to church. Can I get a, you can say amen to that. That's where I found myself, like, this sucks. And if this is what following Jesus looks like, if this is what surrendering to Jesus looks like, I don't want it. And so 
like I do everything in my life, I only have one speed, and that speed is full speed ahead. And, well, if I'm not going to follow Jesus, I am going to sin a bunch. And uh, so I did. I mean, I spent the next several years of my life just looking for as much trouble and sinning as, fi- as I could possibly find, because uh, I wasn't going to do this, so I'm going to do this instead. But my life drastically changed one night when I was 16 years old. It was an absolutely revolutionary moment in my life when I found myself in the middle of a very sinful act, and what I least expected was for Jesus to interrupt. But how many of you this, this, this morning here know that Jesus isn't afraid to get in the middle of your mess sometimes? That your sin and your faults and your failures don't intimidate him in the absolute least. So in the middle of that sinful act, I heard the Lord speak to me. Trust me, Jesus was the last thing on my brain in that moment. But I heard him speak to me, and he said, Mark, I love you so much. A lot of people have hurt you and disappointed you and let you down. I have never hurt you. I have never disappointed you. I have never let you down. And, man, I turned into a blubbering, crying wreck. Because for the first time in my life, I really experienced the love of Jesus All of a sudden, it wasn't a sermon. All of a sudden, it wasn't stories or things people had told me about. As I left that sinful place and I got in my car, I spent the next few hours just driving around dirt roads, and I just can't describe to you, it felt like Jesus was sitting right there in that little green 1990-something Chevy blazer, uh, and I just... Over and over, I just experienced his love and his presence, and I weeped and I cried, and I made a decision that night. Anything I had seen in the years prior, like, uh, I couldn't answer the why. Why would I want to do that? I, good question. I don't want to do that, right? That's not, but that night I experienced something, and for the first time I could answer the why. For the first time, I could honestly say, this is something worth living my life for. This is something worth dedicating my everything. This is something worth the hardship and the trials and the tribulation. One encounter with the love of Jesus radically and totally changed and transformed my life, King's House. So, yes, I I hope I'm not the only one in the room this morning. So when you ask me, Mark, why do you? Accept that invitation. What is it about Jesus that you think is so fantastic? What is it about him that you just can't help but fall in love with? The answer is easy. We just sang about it. The reason I do everything that I do, the thing that changed my life, the thing that gets me out of bed every single morning to be who God's called me to be is the title of my message this morning. It's How He Loves. That's it, man. I mean, that is the number one reason I do everything I do. The way that he loves is absolutely extraordinary. I find the gospel to be simply irresistible. I truly do. I find it to be irresistible. It's the greatest story that's ever been told. It baffles me when people reject the gospel. It baffles me when people find it easy to say no to this invitation. And I can't help but think maybe they never heard the real gospel, Maybe they only heard about religion and legalism and list of do. I, 
listen, I'm on board with you. I don't want any of that. But the real gospel, the real love of Jesus, I'm telling you this morning, King's House, it is worth falling in love with Jesus over. It is worth any cost. It is worth following this man anywhere that he asks us to go. So there's five ways that I just wanna share with you. And I wanna give you quite a bit of scripture because I don't want you just to take it from me this morning, but I'm praying that something happens down inside your heart and down inside your spirit today. But there's five, five ways that he loves that I just find absolutely astounding. I wanna share those with you this morning. Is that okay? I encourage you to you know, take notes, take some pictures. I'm gonna throw a lot at you, but these five things have changed and transformed my life. It's my prayer today, they're gonna to do the same for you. The first thing about the way he loves that is just astounding to me is that he loved me first. He loved me first. First John four says we love because he loved us first. It's amazing we didn't have to earn it. It's amazing we didn't have to work for it. We are just the proud recipients of him loving us for no other reason other than the fact that that is just who he is. That is in his nature. He loved us first. It's amazing to me. Romans chapter 5 says this, but God demonstrates his love for us. This is how he did it. While we were you wait this morning, King's House, while we were still sinners, Christ died for, this is incredible, because you had nothing to give. You had nothing to offer him. He didn't save you and die for because you were so good or so special or handsome. Or you had nothing, nothing to offer him. He loved you just because. Love is just who he is. And I'm just amazed this morning of how he loved me first before I had anything to offer him. Would you agree with that? It's amazing. Number two, he loved me first and he didn't just stop there but he pursued me in a huge way. Luke chapter 19 says this, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Who's the lost this morning? That's us. He came to seek and to save the lost. This word seek in the Greek is uh, ZTO. And this is how it translates. It means to desire, to endeavor after to inquire about. When you really study this word, it, it literally means that Jesus came to earth and he launched a full-on investigation. He wanted to find you this morning. It's amazing. He loved you first and then he came looking for you. He pursued you. He desired you. He launched an investigation for you. I want everyone in this room to realize that when you read the story about the good shepherd who left the 99 to find the one, the one is you. The one is me. He left the 99. He came looking for me, searching for me, inquiring after me. Don't kid yourself. Anybody in this room this morning, not one of you, because you were so good or you worked so hard or you were so fortunate that you found Jesus. Friend, you did not find Jesus. Jesus found you because he loved you enough to come to this earth and pursue you. You didn't find him. You were lost. You didn't know where to go. You had come to the end of yourself when the good shepherd showed up, man. It's incredible. He loved me first. He pursued me in a 
compassionate in an amazing kind of way. And then this is incredible. The third thing that he did, Jesus did all the work. He did. John 3.16 says this, God loved the world. Who's that this morning? That's us. God loved you and me. God loved us so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. He did all the work. He loved you enough. He wanted to pursue you enough that he was willing to come to earth and give his life. This is an amazing story. Isaiah chapter 53 says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. Not his. He was perfect. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. He did the work. He did it all. You're just the recipient of this amazing, incredible love. Ephesians 2 says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. He did all that. Verse eight and nine. For it is by grace, look at your neighbor and say grace. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by words, not by works, so that no one can boast. You did nothing to deserve your salvation. I did nothing to earn my salvation. You have to know this morning that Jesus did it all. Jesus paid it all. He loved you before you loved him. He searched for you before you even knew who he was. And he did all the work to make it possible for you to have a relationship with him. Am I the only one here this morning that thinks that is really great news? Incredible news. You did nothing. Jesus did it all. And this might be the most amazing part of the story to me. The fourth point that I want to make is that after he did all that, which was substantial, I mean, substantial, after he did all that, there are no strings attached to the love of Jesus. This is what's mind-boggling to me because we were willing to do things for people, but we are never willing to go to those kind of extremes and just... I did it just because there are no strings attached, just because I love. But that's the kind of love that Jesus loves us with, an unconditional kind of love. That means it's a love without any condition. That means for you and me today that on my best day, when Mark Hinnon is just killing it, and he is just racking up wins, and he's going for it and being who God called him to be, and chasing dreams, and <clears throat> on my best day, I am so loved by God. I mean, I am. I am God's favorite, 100%. However, on my worst day, and there's a lot of these, when I fail miserably, when I miss the mark terribly, when I just find myself in the depths of despair and confusion, and I've just botched it, on those days, guess what? I am so loved by God. I think it's one of the greatest revelations we could ever really get as a believer. The enemy doesn't want you to get it because when you get it, it changes everything about your life. But as a believer, here's what you have to understand is that you are never going to be more loved than you are right now. 
You're never gonna be more loved than you are right now in this moment. That's why Paul was able to say in uh, Romans chapter eight, for I am convinced, listen to what this list is, he's convinced of it, that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present or the future, nor any powers, nor height or depth, anything else in all of creation, that's extensive, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Every person in this room this morning, I want you to walk out of here remembering this, you are so loved by God. And if this is true, and if you can't do anything to earn God's love, and I believe it is true, then it has to be equally true that you can't do anything to lose God's love. If you didn't do anything to earn it, then what could you possibly do to lose it? We play a 0% role in this equation. Nothing you could ever do or say or, or not do or could ever change the way that he loves you. His love is constant. You have, no, you have no objection or role in the matter. Whether you like it or not this morning, you are loved by this man named Jesus Christ. He loves you today. And lastly, my last number five, the reason I just can't help but fall in love with Jesus is that after he loved me and pursued me and did all the work and gave me this love with no strings attached, then he changed my name. And this is so powerful. First John 3 says this. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. See, that, that's my new name today, King's House. I'm a child of God. I, my name used to be Sin and guilt and shame and regret and my name was rejection and my name was fear and my name was failure. All those things were so true about me. But the day I met Jesus, all those things changed and today my name is, I'm a child of God. And I am so loved and I am so chosen and I am so valued. And Romans chapter eight says this, now if we are children, which we are, that's our new name, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. King's House, because of his love that you did nothing for, because of his love and his sacrifice and his blood that you absolutely did not deserve and work for and earn, because of that, you have access to every blessing and every favor of God that is available. You have access to that. And because of that, you have a future and a hope in this life. And because of his sacrifice and the way that he changed your name, you have a reward and an inheritance, not only in this life, but in the next life. This is incredible news, all because a man named Jesus loved you. Here's what I want you to understand today is that I brought nothing into this relationship when I met Jesus. But I have gained everything. I brought nothing to it. This is not a fair relationship. This is not an equal parts, 50-50 split. It's not, it's not fair, it's not equal. You took one step towards Jesus. You gave him one yes, and he rushed in and did everything else and has blessed you with every blessing and good thing you have in your life. Is anyone in this room happy for Jesus this morning, man? 
He's incredible. It's irresistible. This gospel is incredible good news. And Romans 10 says this, verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It was the same way in the first service as it was this one. Surprised me a little bit. I'm telling you all this incredible good news and it just seems like you're not really grabbing it, getting a hold of it. And I think the reason why is it, it seems too good to be true. It's hard for, for our little brains to, I mean, like I'm hearing what you're saying, Mark, I'm liking what you're saying, but this is, there has to be some role where I have to earn it, where I have to work for it, where I have to, but that's the beautiful thing about what Jesus did. If it seems too good to be true, that's because it is too good to be true. There's a reason the gospel is called good news. Does anyone know why? Because it's really freaking good news. It's, not, it's good news. It's too good to be true. That's why I find it so irresistible. Like this can't be real. There's no way he's that good. There's no way his love is that amazing. But the more I get to know him, the more I am fully convinced he's that good. And his love is truly that amazing. It's too good to believe. How can you say no to this man named Jesus? My gosh. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart and you will be saved. It's too easy. It's too good. It's the greatest story ever told. It's exactly what it is. This is my why. This is why I said yes to follow. This is why I just can't help but fall more in love with Jesus. How can, how can you not love this guy? He's that good. I don't know if you realize this or not, but my story is all through the Bible. I mean, from the beginning to the end, my story's in there. And maybe you've never paused long enough to think, but your story is all through the Bible. From the beginning to the end, your story is in there. This is why I can't help but fall in love. I mean, the way that he loves, it's amazing. I can't help but fall more in love with him. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but I'm Lazarus. I am. I was dead and I was hopeless when Jesus showed up on the scene. But when Jesus showed up, man, he came with his resurrection life and he took somebody that was dead in their sins and he brought me back to life. Salvation isn't a story about going from bad to good. Salvation is a story about being dead. Jesus showing up like on the day of Lazarus and all of a sudden I am alive. I am Lazarus, that's my story. Look in the book of Hosea in the Old Testament, I'm Gomer. I walked away from the love of God. I betrayed him, but he searched for me. He pursued me and he found me in bondage and in slavery. He didn't leave me there just like Hosea. He bought me back. He said, man, forget about the past. I have a new future for you. I'm Gomer. That's my story. I'm Mary Magdalene. All I had was guilt and shame and sin. That's all I had to offer him. But I brought that mess before the feet of Jesus and I broke it over him. And I said, God, you can have this mess. And in, in exchange, he gave me a hope and a future. That's me, I'm Mary Magdalene. 
I'm the little boy who showed up in the crowd one day when there was 5,000 people that needed fed. It was pathetic what I had to offer. A couple of fish and a couple of pieces of bread. That was me when Jesus found me. I said, God, I don't have much, but I'll give you what I have. And he took my little bit and he broke it and he blessed it. And he has turned my little bit into so much more than I could have ever imagined or ever deserved. You're looking at a man that is beyond blessed today because of the love of Jesus Christ. I'm that little boy. I'm Peter. I walked with the Lord. I talked with the Lord. And regardless of how good he was to me, I walked away. I abandoned him. I've betrayed him in my life. I'm Peter. But never once, listen to me, never once for a moment has God turned his back on me, has God betrayed me, and never once has God given up on me. The reason I'm standing here today is because he never gave up on me. He called me by name, Mark, come on back, just like he did Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter where to meet me. I'm Peter today. I am, that's my story, that's your story. I could go on and on and on. The whole book's about me. I'm Barabbas. I was so guilty. I was guilty. No denying it. I deserved punishment. I deserved death. I'm Barabbas. But I got to walk away free because an innocent man took my place and gave his life for me. You're Barabbas this morning. You're guilty. Absolutely, you deserve punishment. But Jesus took your place. That's your story, it's my story. What I'm trying to tell you this morning, church, is that Jesus is my anything and he is my everything. I don't stand here on Sunday mornings and preach because it's my job or I got nothing else to do. I can't help but tell the world about this man named Jesus who 22 years ago, his love completely stole my heart and changed my life. And I don't want that heart back, man. Jesus, I want you to keep it. And all I wanna do is to, is to live to love him more every day, live to serve him more every day, live to give my all to the one who is willing to give his all for me. That's why I say yes. Don't think for one second that anybody makes me do this. Ask Erica, no one makes Mark Hinnon do much of nothing that he don't wanna do. <laughs> Pretty stubborn. <laughs> no one makes me do this. The sleepless nights, the early mornings, the stress, the tears, the, go down the list, it's life. No one makes me do this. I do it because I am in absolutely in love with a man named Jesus. And the only reason I'm in love with him is because he loved me first. And he pursued me. And he put all the work in. And he, he offered this no strings attached kind of love. How can you say no to that? This is without a doubt the greatest story that has ever been told. And I don't know what you've ever heard a preacher tell you before today. But if it was different than this, forget it, man. <laughs> because this is the gospel. This is the good news that a God could love you so much that he would give his life just so he could know you and have a relationship with you. This is the gospel. Nothing on planet Earth today would make me happier than to introduce you to this man named Jesus who has changed my life in ways that I could never begin to express. I don't have, there's not enough hours in a lifetime. We'll spend the rest of eternity talking about the goodness and the grace of God. But with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning,
I just want to ask you a question. Have you really met him? Have you really experienced him? Do you know about religion? Do you know about rules? Do you know about regulations and legalistic things? Or have you had a life-changing encounter with the love of Jesus? If you're here this morning, you say, Mark, I don't know that I've ever said yes to Jesus. I don't know that I've ever given my heart to Jesus, but today I would like to do that. Pastor Mark, today I would like to surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you with no, nobody looking around, nobody peeking, would you just lift your hand right now? I see that hand and that hand and that hand. I wanna say yes to Jesus today. And that hand, thank you, I see that hand. It's wonderful. Anybody else? Congratulations on the, the greatest decision that you're ever gonna make in your life. If this is your first time asking Jesus into your heart, I don't want you to think that it's just some magical prayer or formula. It's just what we read in, in Romans 10. You confessing with your mouth that you believe Jesus is the Lord, that you need a savior. You believing in your heart that he is the son of God, that he died on a cross, that he rose from the dead, and you accepting this incredible free gift costs absolutely nothing because he did all the work. King's House, would you just take the hand of the person next to you? Repeat this prayer after me if you would. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. I need you to be my savior. I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you are the only way to heaven. Today, Lord, I'm saying yes. From this day forward, my life belongs complete to you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Hey, six people just gave their hearts to the Lord's King's house. Give God some praise. I want to pray with you one more time, if you would. Bow your heads with me one more time. I lived uh, years of my life being a Christian, being a believer, very sincerely. Again, I was born again at four. I lived years of my life never truly experiencing the love of Jesus in a life-changing kind of way. So if you're here this morning and you would just say, Mark, I know I'm a believer. Man, I know I have faith in God, but I've just never experienced his love like what you're talking about. Would you just slip your hand up? I just wanna pray for you. I just wanna experience that love. Pastor Mark, I'm going through hell. I just, I just need to experience God's love today. Man, thank you guys for your honesty today. Pray with me. Lord, I just, I just ask that you would touch every believer in this room. Father, you know us better than we know ourselves. And you are intimately involved in the smallest details of our lives. You know how many hairs are on our head. Every day of our life is written in your book before we ever lived a single one of them. God, you know us and you love us. But sometimes the, the cares of this world and barriers we build up in our mind and, and trauma that we've been through, there's so many things that keep us from experiencing your love. But Father, today I'm asking that you would break through those walls. God, I thank you that your love is reckless that it is irresistible, that there's no place you won't go. So if I just ask that every hand that was raised, Father, that today or tonight or tomorrow, God, that we would just have a life-changing encounter with your love. 
God, we don't want to just go through the motions. And God, we don't want to just serve you because we have to or we're afraid not to. God, I want every person in this room to serve you for one reason, because they love you, because you loved us first so much. So Father, I just ask that you would meet every need, that you would touch every heart, that you would allow us to feel your love and your presence in a way like maybe we never have before. God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody sit. Amen. I love you, King's House. Have a great week. No home groups, no discipleship class this week. Enjoy your spring break with your family. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you are in need of prayer or wish to speak to one of our pastors, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you'd like to give towards the ministry of The King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving, or by texting any dollar amount to the number 84321 and respond to the prompts sent back to you. If you're ever in our area and want to come visit us, we meet every week at 124 B. Hubert Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit with us ahead of time where you can reserve your seats and parking spots and even pre-check in your kids before you arrive on the Sunday of your choosing. Just fill out that quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all of our latest messages. We look forward to seeing you very soon.